0: A gunman with an automatic weapon has opened fire on a mosque in central Christchurch. There were 500 people in the mosque at the time of the
1: shooting. A white gunman are targeted Muslims at prayer. And suddenly, you know, uh, the shooting started. A video apparently live-streamed by the gunman shows him driving to carry out. New Zealand's Prime Minister calls it terrorism. It is clear that this is one of New Zealand's darkest days. Assalamu everyone, and welcome to Momming Well Muslim. This is Zayba Hassan here with my co-host, Uzma Jafri. We didn't think we would have to talk about such a tough issue so quickly, but part of our mission is to tackle these uncomfortable topics head-on from a Muslim mama perspective. We will be discussing a sensitive topic, so if you have children in the room listening and would prefer them not to hear, I would suggest that you have them leave or put your earbuds in.
0: Um, Last time, we left you with a little bit of a teaser, and we wanted to know, what is it that makes you the angriest? As a Muslim mom in America, what just makes your blood boil? And the answer for that, uh, we had it lined up um, and ready to go, and then we were faced with an international tragedy last week on March 15th.
1: This is a sensitive topic, Um, and if you have kids listening, you may or may not want to have them here. Uh, I of course um, have two older kids that unfortunately learned of the situation that was going on in Christchurch New Zealand while they were at school um, starting a texting chain with me and they were absolutely horrified to hear about how a white nationalist unnamed person because I would I'm choosing not to name this person gunned down and slaughtered. 50 plus Muslim people while they were praying at their houses of worship. And for Muslim people around the world, um, including here in the States, it's a very traumatic thing. And I have to admit that I'm still processing the situation and how there can be so much hate against a body of people that you would go into their sanctuary, their house of worship, And when they're the most vulnerable, gun them down. And the first words you heard when you walked in the door of the mosque was, Hello, brother. And he was welcoming you to come and pray with them. Sorry, I'm still very angry and upset and emotional and honestly not sure how to process the information.
0: I don't think we need to apologize. Um, I'm at the point, like in my stages of grief where I'm already pissed off um I I talk more about my reaction to the shootings in New Zealand uh, in a blog post so if you'll check back at our website page for the voices um tab you'll be able to read about what the shootings in New Zealand meant very personally to me because I have family that actually attends one of those masjids that were shot up so um you know alhamdulillah everything worked out for my family but for my global family it didn't you know as a muslim we always learn that in the quran we learn that you protect the houses of worship the monks and the christians the sabians you protect them um and you don't desecrate the houses of worship and even one movie in hollywood um i think it was kingdom of heaven when salahuddin ayubi takes over jerusalem again the first thing he does is pick up a cross off the ground and put it up like we do not desecrate houses of worship or their worshipers and certainly not you know the leaders of those houses of worship we protect them too and that is the nature of islam and i know that less than one percent of muslims on the planet have created this impression that we do not that we are not these people who respect other religions and you know obviously there's been uh uh political agenda behind why that's happened but knowing what we know it's been so devastating to see that other people who we know they don't have where they don't have that protection for other people built into their religion on top of that they have this agenda of nationalism and have politicized religion to the point that they think it's okay to strap on a camera and go
1: in and blast people like it's some kind of a fortnight game i was listening to a speech this morning um, on my way to school of uh, Jonathan Brown, who essentially, I think they did the math, and it's point zero 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 six percent of the Muslim population are the people that are responsible for some of these horrific acts, right? And 99.9% of the people are Normal, like you and myself, like that we go to the mosque on a Friday to make more of a statement. We're not going to let other people dictate what we would naturally be doing. And like I said, I have older kids that we had to have frank conversations about this and and dealing with some of the Islamophobia that they're they are they don't know right but are experiencing how did you actually did you talk to your kids at all about it or 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 what were you guys doing like how did you guys kind of cope with this we were on spring
0: break so we're out all day so when we came home after a whole day of you know being vacationers we came back and found out and it was like I was so not in thinking mode that it took me several minutes to register what was happening And then turn off the TV right now. And in the meantime, I was frantically calling my family back there, trying to make sure they were okay. And then just basically chin up and
1: move forward. The day that it happened, I was obviously dealing with the emotional situation of being Muslim and having to deal with this. I was picking up lunch, and I was in a local restaurant, standing in line. And, of course, there's TVs in the background. And this was being covered in the background and a, a mom I'm assuming it was a mom because you know we all have that look the yoga hair bun you no know, makeup <laughs> on the middle Friday afternoon we have a yes. mommy uniform and she literally looked at me and she was like oh my god again like can they not stop the tear yeah. like this is not even their country she was obviously seeing Christ Church assuming it was, it was a church, a church mm-hmm. and yeah. Muslim people running in the background, and she thought the opposite,
0: yeah. right,
1: of what was go- actually going on. Mm-hmm. This is literally in my town, in your neighborhood, in my neighborhood, and 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 because a lot of people don't know what the heck I am, I think that sometimes they speak a little bit more freely about these types of things. Yeah, cause and you look white. <laughs> I, because yeah, and and I literally had to say, you realize it was a white supremacist who went into a mosque and killed 50 people. Um, and I think the look of pure shock on her face that when I would even call her out on it was one. And two, I'm in a place that I think is a progressive area. And that's their initial knee the response. Why is that the case? Why is that the yeah. case when like we're reading it statistically an anomaly for that to happen?
0: But it's statistically more likely to be a media focus, and so when 99% of what you hear on the news that's like hand-picked out of that tiny little, you know, know, so I've been to lectures where in the Q&A it's predominantly, well, why are Muslims always, well, why are Muslims always? You know why? Because the media chooses not to tell you about the Christians slaughtering Muslims in Africa, because the media chooses not to tell you about the... Uh, Buddhist monks that have been slaughtering the Rohingya for generations. Like back when my mom was a child in what was East Pakistan and is now Bangladesh, they were doing it back then. And the only reason we know about it now is thanks to social media that we know what the problem is. But those refugee camps have been there, you know, since the 40s or 50s. So it, it's not it's not like a new problem that Muslims have been dying at the hands of other. Um, I don't even want to say religions. I want to say people because it's not a religion that slaughters other people. You can use God any which way you want, you know, and everybody can do that.
1: Right. And the concept of religion helps Justify. motivate people. It justifies yeah. it, right? Like, yeah. so when I'm you're trying to have a, yeah. I'm doing this for God. And this is why I don't think if God were coming down to the earth, he'd be like, kill a whole slew of people, regardless of what you religion is. That I made, is. you know, I exactly. ma- that I made my creations in the name of me. I don't care yeah. what religion you are. I don't think that that's what he would want, right? No, and exactly. and that's where the frustration comes for me because, like you, probably um, being a lot of the times the only Muslim mom or friend of a group of ladies, you're kind of forced to act or or talk about Islam in a way that represents 1.6 billion people. We are so many. We're so different. Our families. Our cultures are different. We're just, I, can, I don't want to necessarily be the spokesman for all Muslim people. But I, what I do want to say is if I give you a face where you hesitate, right, because you know me, then I feel like if one person hesitates before they make an Islamophobic statement or says something slanderous against another Muslim person or any person of color, then I feel like I've done my job. You know what's worse
0: is when you're the only Muslim in a group and nobody asks you. That's my take on it. Like, why wouldn't you – if I'm your only opportunity to get to know almost 2 billion people on the planet, like, why wouldn't you just ask me?
1: That's actually interesting. You know? I never would have thought about that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So for me, it's like I feel more uncomfortable. I mean, I I can't be happy either way, right? It's like, first of all, why do I have this responsibility to apologize for something somebody else did? or explain something someone else is doing like I don't know you know people well why does Saudi Arabia do that I don't know I'm not Saudi I'm an American exactly about America well I was in London one time and I saw Muslims doing this outside of the mosque and why is that I don't know I've only been to London one time in my life I have no idea it's kind of like going back to what you talked about last time at the airport you know never thinking that you needed to have um, your kids passports because your kids are probably not as dark as mine, and you certainly are are not as dark as me, as a person of color, as somebody who even before hijab,
1: you know, knew you cannot travel without your documents because you're going to be stopped. You do have to do that. Yeah, And so you're trying to say that it's not necessarily religious. You're saying it's an undercurrent of… Racism. Racism. Otherism. Let's call it
0: otherism because it's like anybody who doesn't look like me or doesn't act like me is the other.
1: It's otherism. It's too emotionally exhausting to think about curing the entire world. What can we do? What do you think we can do that's tangible, even if it's small, to kind of combat some of that? I think what I've done in my practice with my kids
0: is explaining like, you know, just literally go back to the Quran, you know, because that's the easiest place to start. You start with the Quran and it's, you know, the verses of, we created from amongst you many tribes so that you may know each other. It's like, yes, Allah made us all different. I mean, look at the sons of Noah, Ham, Sham, and Yam. They were all different colors in one household. And Allah created that diversity early on so that we may get to know each other. And so when the kids used to come back, they were little they were like, oh, our friends don't get to do Eid. Oh, no like that sucks they don't believe in Allah they don't even know who Allah is I'd be like that's okay everybody believes in Allah they just might call him a different name so there is some element of they're different than us but you try to avoid the otherism by giving a justification for it Allah created it this way you know so that we wouldn't other people so that we would know like hey you're beautiful and you believe this or you practice this or you eat that and that's awesome like, let me share in that experience with you, or let me learn about that experience with you. And so that's the only way that I see it happening. So so
1: so essentially you're saying, let's, at our own kitchen tables, as we like to say, we're combating these types of things even within our own community. We have to pre- oh, can't absolutely pretend like they're not there. I do yeah. think it's a lot better from when we were kids. Like I said, when yes, being biracial myself, it was a big thing. And the other thing, having Muslim people go out for local politics, right? We need to be in charge of what we want to present to the world. And the way you do yeah. that is through local politics. So I feel like that's yeah. another way people can really get control of their narrative. Take over the story. You write it yourself. So it really is about being able to control your narrative. You know, if, if for my our non-Muslim people listening, and I'm sure we're going to have plenty, you know, going out and feeling like you can not ask a Muslim person in the room, like you said, and building bridges that way. I feel like if we start and we build bridges, we can kind of correct some of those things, but for right now and dealing in healing with what happened in New Zealand and around the world is how we as a community can come together. We've went to so many vigils where there was literally standing room only. And honestly, in seeing the faces of my children and their friends and their friends' parents, it really gives me hope as a community as a whole that we can move forward and heal and in the next generation we can kind of take back part of our own American narrative.
0: For those of you who are still having some trouble dealing with how you're feeling, We have a great resource from Yaqeen Institute. They reacted immediately and made sure that professional help was made available to our community, and it's posted on their website, and you'll be able to find that link in our show notes. Please do go there, but know that you're not limited to that resource. If you need to talk to somebody please call your primary care doctor, your therapist, your psychiatrist, your psychologist, your best friend, your neighbor, anybody who can potentially help you deal with the aftermath of this tragedy. And if you can't find anybody post on our Facebook page or Instagram and reach out to us and we'll direct you to the right people.
1: I'm going to end with a quote, optimism is the faith that leads to achievement. Nothing can be done without hope and confidence. By Helen Keller. I'm going to choose to let my anger and frustration go. I'm hopeful that in this next generation, and I'm very confident that we will see a change in the future.
0: And tune in next Thursday to another episode of Momming Mom Muslim. Assalamu alaikum, everyone. Show so the, the whole world that what's happened can't stop us from practicing our worship.
1: Our hearts are heavy,
0: but our spirits are strong.
1: Through the hate that poisons our societal well, and as I started with, we must, in fact, love.
0: I don't hate him at all,
1: not at all.